Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning at 7.30. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene, 7.30 on Wall Street, where in a couple hours, we will start the last trading day of the week with the Dow Jones Industrials now positive for the first time this year, and futures suggest a higher opening today. Uh, news that may affect trading today, Tiffany out with earnings fourth quarter, better than forecast, earnings per share of $1.46, the estimate $1.40. Comp sales were down 5%, but that's better than the 5.1% uh, that was seen in Tiffany C's 2016 earnings unchanged to down mid-single digits. UBS Group raising its bonus pool by 14% in 2015. Chief Executive Sergio Armadi got a 28% increase. TransCanada undertaking its biggest ever deal with the purchase of Columbia Pipeline Group, $10.2 billion uh, merger Friday here. Now it's time to check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael? Mike, thank you very much. Bernie Sanders says he still believes there's a way to win the Democratic presidential nomination, despite Hillary Clinton's lead of more than 300 committed delegates. He's predicting the upcoming races in several western states, including Arizona and Washington, will offer him a chance to catch up. Senator Marco Rubio says hopefully there is still time to prevent a Donald Trump domination that would fracture the Republican Party and damage the conservative movement. The former Republican presidential candidate answered questions about his political future. I'm not going to be anybody's vice president. I'm not, I'm just not going to, I don't, I'm not interested in being vice president. I don't mean that in a, in a disrespectful way. It's, I'm not going to be vice president. I'm not running for governor of Florida. Rubio also says people are going to write books about this political season. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike? Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Ray Katina Auto Group Bloomberg NBC Sports Update with John Stashower. John? Mike, the New York area well represented in the NCAA tournament, but first Fairleigh Dickinson lost, and now Seton Hall, Iona, and Stony Brook all out as well. The surprise was the Pirates seeded sixth after winning the Big East tournament, but never really in it in their first tourney game in a decade, a 68-52 loss to Gonzaga. Seton Hall star Isaiah Whitehead shot just four for 24. Iona, also in Denver, fell to Iowa State, 94-81. Dream season for Stony Brook, but it was the Seawolves' first NCAA game ever, and Kentucky's won the tourney eight times. Wildcats rolled 85-57. The big story was Yale, 79-75 upset of Baylor. Fourth time in the last seven years, the Ivy League champ has won its opener. Yale plays Duke tomorrow. Defending champs trailed at the half and came back on NC Wilmington. UConn won it two years ago on another postseason run, 74-67 over Colorado. 16 more games today and tonight, including four in Brooklyn. All three local hockey teams played. Only the Devils were at home. Only the Devils won 7-4 over Minnesota. Rangers lost in overtime in L.A. 4-3. They blew a 3-1 third-period lead. Andre Kopitar tied the game for the Kings and then won it in OT. Islanders lost at Nashville 4-2. In Chicago, the Bulls beat the Nets 118-102. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashauer. 
Thank you, John. Mentioned that uh, the Dow was positive for the year so far, and uh, futures suggest a higher opening. Forty-six points up right now on the E-minis, three tenths of a percent. S&P E-minis up by six points. That's a three tenths gain as well. Europe higher this morning. Uh, stock six hundred up by one a point, uh, four tenths of a percent. And the FTSE is twenty-six points higher in London, four tenths of a percent as well. So we're starting off with a lot of green on the screen. And uh, we'll keep track of all that up to the open at 9.30 this morning. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm Michael McKee along with uh, Tom Keen. Oil prices driving stocks higher today. West Texas over $40, 40.82 and gaining up 1.6% today. Brent 42.12 up 1.4% also uh, gaining on the day. And that seems to be driving a lot of optimism about equities Right now, it is time for the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report, brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, partnering with government and industry to apply the university's world-class research assets to innovate and spur economic growth. Learn more at njit.edu. Here's Bob Moon. Michael. Michael, good morning. What's happening in science, technology, engineering, and math now? Apple's engineers might become the roadblock. In the battle over helping crack into a terrorist iPhone, the New York Times reports Apple employees have discussed whether they'll cooperate if they're ordered to help the FBI, and that some have even talked about quitting their high-paying jobs to avoid being forced to weaken the software barriers they've already created. Google's parent, Alphabet Incorporated, is tightening up on the various properties under its corporate umbrella to make sure they'll generate real revenue. Two people familiar with the plan say it's decided Boston Dynamics, Google's robotics operation, isn't likely to produce a marketable product in the next few years, so it is being put up for sale. When analyst says what's happening in Japan should remove any doubts about the Nintendo brand's relevancy in the smartphone age. Nintendo aims to bring back players who strayed from its dedicated hardware, the Wii and handheld devices, and its first steps appear to be solid, in the Japanese market anyway. Market researcher App Annie reports today that Nintendo's free messaging-based app Mitomo, which lets users create and interact with their own avatar, launched in the top spot among social networking apps for Apple devices in Japan. It's only available there, but Nintendo plans to release Mitomo in 15 more countries, including the U.S. this month. And that's your Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Michael. Thank you, Bob. Charles Millard was the former director of the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, where he got a chance to see just uh, how bad a shape uh, U.S. pension systems are. Uh, he then went to Citigroup, where he started studying pension systems around the world. And you have found that we have a major problem out there, uh, the groundwork laid for problems around the world, because there's just not enough money to fulfill all the promises. Yeah, good morning. Uh, it's very good to be with you, but it is a very, very big problem. Um, we have uh, in 20 OECD countries um, balance sheet debt, sovereign debt like treasuries, uh, for these 20 countries of approximately $44 trillion. But what is not on their balance sheet is the additional $78 trillion of existing unfunded uh, retirement obligations. So think about it this way. Imagine that you had a mortgage that was $400,000 and the bank bought you up and said, no, actually it's $1.3 million because underneath the bottom of the iceberg is this enormous amount of unfunded pension liabilities. And what's worse is, you know, if my payment stays the same, I can keep making it in perpetuity, but if my 
salary gets cut, I'm not going to be able to keep up with that uh, bank raising my mortgage. And at this point, we're going to have fewer people contributing to these pension funds with uh, demographic trends. Yeah, the demographics are really uh, astounding. Uh, start with the idea that when Social Security was created, uh, m- many people didn't make it to 65. Now, of course, many, many more people do make it to 65, a much greater percentage of the population. And then think about how many years a 65-year-old expected to live in, let's say, 1940. They expected to live about 12 years. How many years does a 65-year-old expect to live today? 20 years. So one of our suggestions is that we should raise retirement ages, and it would over time. We're not going to raise them by two or three or four years, you know, in in a year or in a month or immediately. But over time, raise them and then set them to what is the re, the amount of retirement that we're willing to fund. The many, you know, the the, the years of retirement that we think are should be the average would be, let's say, 12. Then the retirement age would go up to an age that would be 12 years short of the expected average life ending. Now, most people, uh, if you survey people, it doesn't seem to be a lot of support for stuff like that, maybe because they don't know how bad things are? Well, the numbers that I mentioned to you, and the reason we, um, in our report, show them as, the, you know, underneath the iceberg is because they're not uh, published. And I don't want to say anybody's hiding anything. It's just that the nature of government budgets is they don't put these on their balance sheets. So when you look at these 20 OECD countries and you think they owe $44 trillion, that's fine, but they're really going to have to pay out $1.3 uh, uh, excuse me, $44 trillion. They're going to have to pay out $130 trillion. Now, there is one technical difference. We refer to this as contingent debt in the sense that some of this are pension obligations, but some of this is more like Social Security, and a government could change the law and say, well, we're going to make Social Security pay less. So that's possible. So in that sense, it's not the exact same as a Treasury debt. But if you don't change the law, it's going to cost you just as much as if it were debt. I just have about 30 seconds left, but if we don't change the law, what happens? Well, if we don't change the law, we're going to have a lot less money available for police, for firefighters, for teachers, for other government expenditures, for infrastructure, or for the ticker tape parade they're going to have in Worcester when Holy Cross wins the NCAA. Uh, <laughs> you, well, it's still in, you know. You're, I know. You haven't been knocked out yet, uh, but you got to play, obviously. And right. We'll see how that goes later today. Charles Miller, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, obviously, his bracket going a little bit better, John Tucker, than uh, Tom and Tom and mine. Yeah, he's got to wait for his team to play first. Yeah, that always helps. Um, you, everybody's an optimist till they take the court. Uh, we're still wondering what happened in my household uh, to Arizona and uh, to Baylor. Congratulations to uh, Yale's Bulldogs. Um, 56 years or something since Arkansas. they were in the terminal, uh, tournament, and they won. Uh, and then uh, Arkansas Little Rock beating Miss Rachel's team from uh, West Lafayette, Indiana. <laughs> that hurt. That hurt, yeah. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Audi Meadowlands in Secaucus, New Jersey, powered by Benzel Bush, offering a commitment to service, luxury, and value with total transparency. Start your journey at AudiMeadowlands.net and define the way you drive.